Hey there, folks. Jim Ryan here. Just a quick note before we get started. We had some minor audio issues during this week's episode, but you should be able to make out everything just fine. Anyhow, enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan, and together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, I join the podcast as a changed man. Uh, You know where I'm going with this? (laughs) Jim, I am so excited to hear uh, all about this. (laughs) You have been, we've we've talked about this a, a few different times on the show over the years. And you've had very strong opinions about it. I've been waiting with bated breath for, for you to actually go out and try this and to come back and talk about it. So I'm, I'm going to sit back and just enjoy this moment. Very good, Jamie. Uh, so I have long been a skeptic about skajoring. So a sport where a dog, uh, or in other instance, a horse or a car pulls you on skis and, and basically saying that most dogs aren't cut out to do this. You can't just take your regular old pooch and go <laughs> skijoring. And uh, to some degree, I was wrong. Uh, I, I was such a skeptic that I, I kind of put my foot down about doing a video shoot about trying skijoring, uh, you know, just going out like with a friend's dog or something. But Jamie, uh, our colleague Teresa Mahoney connected me with Jessica Pulliam, who's a national skijor champion. And I couldn't pass up the opportunity to check it out. So I sit before you today uh, admitting I have changed my ways and uh, would love to introduce here on the show uh, the person who made that happen, uh, Jessica herself. Jessica, how are you? Uh, How are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you so much, Jim and Jamie, for having me. We're like J-cubed here. (laughs) J3. I love it. This is good. J-cube, J3. Uh, So, Jessica, uh, I I was skeptical about skijoring a little bit because I, you know, just contended that, hey, you know, we're not just going to be able to take out our friend's dog and uh, maybe do a successful skijoring mission. But uh, before we get into kind of uh, how I was able to learn how to go skijoring, can you walk us through what skijoring is actually give us give us a visual here yeah so if you can just imagine well the olympic games are currently underway Mm -hmm. and we've all seen the historic jesse diggins Mm -hmm. killing it for bringing home the first uh cross-country ski medal for women's of the usa she uh is skate skiing so if you can imagine her skate skiing with the dog pulling that's essentially skijoring uh also, you'll see people using horses, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a, a bringing the ante up a bit and the miles per hour you're going mm-hmm. uh, quite uh, higher as well. But yeah, that's pretty much the visualization and that the dog looks like a sled dog in harness, but they're pulling a person on skis. I have to say, like, uh, as someone who admittedly is not a skier. Um, the idea of like putting skis on my feet and going downhill, like it feels like out of control enough for me, but the idea of like then attaching yourself to an animal to pull you on skis 
it's like, it sounds like, uh, just like, why, why? So I guess that's what I want to know is like, why, why do this? Why do, why, why ski chore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because it's super fun. <laughs> no one said you had to be like good at your hobby, right? Mm-hmm. You, you spend a lot of time. Uh, I always, my motto is the better you get, the better you get at falling. But it is seriously so much fun. And you can't acquire that feeling unless you actually do it. And once you do it, then come talk to me again (laughs) and tell me you did not have fun. Well, that was Jim. That was kind of your whole experience, wasn't it? You, you kind of uh, had that, that experience of saying, why do this? This is ridiculous. And then you went out and did it and, and had uh, presumably had a good time doing it. I had a great time. I always thought this looked fun and this looked like a cool sport, but I was skeptical that like you could just take any old dog, any young dog, any dog of any kind, and just go out and do this because the dogs I know are not really going to probably cooperate with this activity very well. And, uh, thankfully I was able to connect with Jessica who has dogs who like do this, like they live to run. They love skajoring. It is super, super fun for them and for us. So, Jessica, like 99% of people listening probably have never been skajoring. Maybe this is a foreign concept for them. So how do you get started in something like this? Walk us through like if, if an inspired listener right now wants to like give this a shot, how do they go about it? Well, I got lucky when I got into the sport and happened to just be at a trailhead on Mount Hood Oregon mm-hmm. at the exact time the local club was there practicing and I had googled and like ordered the gear which is essentially a dog harness a waist belt uh, which is similar to a rock climbing belt mm-hmm. uh, it goes around your rear end and straps around your legs and then it pulls from your hips and then the dog is attached with a bungee and they um, were like huh are, are you here to ski door? And I'm like, yeah, I've never been on skis before. I don't know what I'm doing. And they just kind of took me under their wings. So the best thing to do is really connect with someone who's involved in the sport and see if you can get a mentor because you and your dog will learn tenfold faster than you will by yourself. And my mentor that I got hooked up with, Kim Tinker, um, she's been Pacific Northwest champion way back, I think in the nineties. And she still ski jores to this day. She's retired now and she just skis with her dog and she has become a lifelong friend. So not only is you're doing this awesome thing with your dog, you're getting connected to community of like-minded crazy people. It looks like there's a couple different organizations out there, like you mentioned. I see the Cascade Sled Dog Club, as well as the Pacific Sled Dog and Ski Joring Association. Um, so it sounds like there are definitely some places people to go out there and find out more information. But I, you know, what I'm really curious about is, um, like Jim mentioned, the dogs. Is there like a certain size of dog that is necessary for this task? Is there a certain temperament or breed of dog that one needs to do ski joring? Or can you sort of attach a harness to any old pup and go out there and have a good time? You can essentially attach any dog and go and do this. 
But obviously, like anything, and with any dogs, certain dogs are bred to do this sport uh, more competitively versus others. But it, I mean, how you pursue the sport is up to you. But any dog can do it It I, <laughs> and have fun doing it, too. And that's a huge thing. It's a great way to get outside with your best friend <laughs> and just have a great time. I love that. And you have German short-haired pointers, correct? That, that, that's your uh, competitive dog of choice, yes? Yeah. In my pointers, though, like you see uh, a lot in the U.S., uh, pointers are used for bird hunting, and they're quite small, uh, uh, robust. Uh, but the dogs that I have, they've been bred specifically for uh, ski drawing or mushing. So they're way bigger, uh, longer backed, and uh, look sometimes like many horses, people say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because that's what they've been uh, bred to do and the characteristics that people um, have incorporated into that type of line. I, I think the thing that hooked me the most about skidoring is the feeling of kind of the motion in tandem with your dog or your dogs. Kind of, can you describe a little bit of what it feels like to kind of be in this moment in? cooperation and partnership with your dogs out there going pretty darn fast and, and like really having a, a pretty exhilarating experience. It's like flying. <laughs> That's uh, flying on snow is how I would describe it. And people also say it's the loudest, quietest sport. <laughs> Mushing in general, which ski drawing kind of gets lumped into because the dogs are so excited and jacked up to run. So they're just ruff, 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 nonstop barking. And then as soon as you get that, all right, let's go. It's just quiet. And the only sounds that you hear are the of their running and of your gliding on the skis. And it's kind of similar to bottling up a potion of peaceful euphoria, taking a drink of it and going out in into <laughs> nature. Yeah. What's not to love about that? Wow. I love that. The, a, a bottle of peaceful euphoria. That's great. Uh, that's what you want, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Doesn't everyone want to drink of that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we are going to talk some more with Jessica about ski joring, but first we are going to take a quick break. All right, folks, we are back with Jessica Pulliam, a national ski jor champion who gave Jim, skeptical Jim, an introduction <laughs> to ski joring back in January. And Jessica, we've talked a bunch about ski joring basics, but we want to hear a little bit more about your experience with it. To start things off, I mean, what does sort of um, a more competitive ski joring look like compared to maybe your casual ski joring, if you will, um, for folks who are just getting started? So when I first started ski joring, like I said, I had no idea how to cross country ski, skate ski. I snowboarded, but that was like the extent of my kind of snow and any type of boarding skills. So it was a very humbling experience <laughs> because <laughs> it, it is something 
uh, to be said for people who are Nordic skiers. It's a constant learning uh, experience. You never, you never master it. And that's one thing I love about Nordic skiing too. So doing this, I had no idea this higher level of ski drawing existed. I just thought it was this fun thing to do with uh, my dog at the time who loved to run around in the snow and follow me on the snowboard. And then I kind of heard about mushing. So got into this uh, by chance and I travel around uh, to local races. Uh, there's a lot of local races that are held here in the Pacific Northwest in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. And from that, my friend Kale Casey was on his way driving up to Alaska to compete in the world championships in 2013. And I never even, I was like, world championships, what's that mean? So this is kind of very beginning like of internet and things I think so you couldn't you could google a little bit but it's not the extent of how uh, internet is now these days and I still had a magazine subscription to Mushing Magazine and they did this whole special uh, uh, highlight on the world championships and I was reading and they had all the countries Sweden, Norway, Finland dominating this sport and they just, it looked like watching the Olympics, but with dogs. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, this is so cool. I want to do that. So I got connected with, I read a story about a girl who was Canadian and moved to Norway uh, to learn more about it. And I was like, I want to do that. And I don't really know how that happened. Just the fact that I wanted to do it and figured it out along the way, but I moved to Norway, figured out, uh, how to do it. And uh, here I am back in the States trying to spread the word. And that's how we come in, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> works both ways. So what, like, what is the training like to do this? Because you both have to be in really great shape. Your dogs also have to be in really great shape. And you can't just necessarily uh, accomplish that by, I don't know, uh, running a lot in the park. So what what does your training routine look like uh, for this, Jessica? Yeah. So I, prior to getting quite competitive in the sport, I just was training my dog. And I learned a lot about training my dog from fellow mushers uh, all around the United States. Um, and this is people not just ski drawing. This is, you know, people running uh, the Iditarod, people running, you know, races not so long as the Iditarod, um, et cetera. But I, so I learned a lot about dog training, but it wasn't until I, when I moved to Norway and competed in my first world championships, I learned this element of the human training Mm -hmm. as well. It was very humbling experience uh, coming in last place by a very long (laughs) time. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I learned, yes, there is a component of human training if you want to pursue this at a higher level. But right when you lose you learn way more than when you win. Mm-hmm. And so that is so awesome that I had that experience. Otherwise, I would not learn what I know today. So a typical training thing for the dogs is you gradually working up your mileage based on whatever distance you're wanting to achieve. So you start out just like with human training, short, and you work 
your way up. I do a lot of emphasis on pulling. Uh, so building muscle. So that strength training, because you don't want to just go fast. You can always go fast. Your dog will always know how to go fast. That is a, a given, especially when with running with other dogs. But you want to make sure that you're building good muscle so when you do run fast, you don't have the opportunity to get injuries as likely, uh, just like with humans. And so it's kind of similar, the human training as well. They are they mimic each other a lot. It's interesting that you are in tandem kind of training yourself and training your dog. So are you putting in just lots of mileage on the trail each week? What do you do in the summertime? I, I have a million questions, basically. <laughs> Well, now I have a secret weapon because I am a mom now. And had I known this, you know, 14 years ago, I would have been begging every human I saw with a baby to let me borrow their baby to pull around. (laughs) 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 So I got one of those uh, chariots. Uh, It's like a buggy, so to say, like a stroller. And it has attachments where you can put on wheels or you can put on skis. And then it attaches around uh, your waist. So when I'm doing my training, before there's snow, there's a thing called roller skiing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like rollerblading. But you have these ski, like they're, they're probably about, I don't know, a foot and a half to two feet long and they have wheels and you wear your ski boots and you clip into them and you have your ski poles and it's just like skiing, but on pavement. And so I attach uh, my daughter with the wheels and I pull her around. And I will tell you, I have never had a better workout than that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. And it'll only get better as she gets bigger. uh, So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I'm I'm teaching her then how to pull me around. I'm working up to that. (laughs) All right. And then a lot of times the dogs can free run uh, depending on the trail that I'm at. Uh, alongside, I like going down uh, the Marine Drive Trail. Mm-hmm. There's a part in Troutdale, and they can like run and be safe, and it's not by cars. And I can train on a strip uh, roller skiing there. And then winter time, you just change out for the ski portion and do the training uh, in just the an environment that's much whiter, whiter, <laughs> the color white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> much, uh, probably a little bit more fun too. Uh, I mean, that's what it's all about is getting out in the wintertime and experiencing these places as well with your dogs, with your daughter, going fast on skis. What's not to love, right? Yes. It, yeah. And to find it's kind of like a treasure hunt in a way, because you, I always try to go where there, I, the people are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not that I don't enjoy people, but I will say about ski drawing, you have to be quite um, respectful of other people that are using the trail because not everyone is a dog lover and that's okay. But for those of us that are, we have to learn to, you know, compromise and share, share Mm -hmm. the trail. So I, I just find it easier to go where, uh, find trails that not are as not frequented as much. And so then I don't have to worry about, you know, ruining someone else's day because my dogs are around or whatever. Well, we, we don't want you to, I don't know if that's a good, 
thing to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we don't want you to have to necessarily give up uh, any of your your secret spots here. But, you know, being a podcast, we talk about specific places for people to check out. Are there particular places um, in the Pacific Northwest that you really enjoy um, skijoring or that you feel like are, are good places to do that activity? I am totally down to share secret spots nice. um, because it's not necessarily a secret. It's just like hunting for them, right? I don't know if a lot of people are familiar, but there is the... Uh, I'm, I'm talking about where I train mostly and what I'm familiar with. So I train a lot on Mount Hood. Uh, and so there is the Mount Hood Snowmobile Club. If you are not a member, there is nothing no better way to spend your money than to become a member of this club because this club is volunteer based and they groom over, I don't know how many hundreds of miles of trail on Mount Hood. And these are multi-use trails. They are not just for snowmobilers. They are for ski drawers. They are for uh, backcountry skiers. They are for snowshoers, etc. So, um, by joining this club, Mount Hood Snowmobile Club, you get a uh, special membership access to trail, their trail systems that they're grooming and when they're grooming them. So I stalk <laughs> their <laughs> groomer report and I go camp wherever they're going to be grooming and try to hit the trail, uh, be the first person to hit the trail. I, and that's what, what I do. So they have all over Mount Hood, uh, Frog Lake, uh, Skyline, Bonnie, they groom out to Bonnie Meadows, Timothy Lake, uh, White River. I mean, all of these places that you can uh, go ski jor that are dog friendly and allow dogs. And all those places, mind you, are also super beautiful. It's like the best of both worlds, right? You get to go out and be in nature and have this experience and get your training in. It's like, uh, we don't want to go to the gym and uh, <laughs> lift around some weights and do some jumping. We want to go out White River and go skijor there instead. Right. And I will say like skijoring gives you this special access because if you don't have a snowmobile, mm-hmm. There is no way unless you're backcountry skiing, uh, obviously, or snowshoeing to get into the deep, these deep areas that are typically inaccessible because of the snow. But with ski drawing, you can go the distance you can travel uh, and the rate at which you can travel is far greater. I can go a couple of hours and I've gone like 15 miles. (laughs) And there's no people when you go 15 miles out into the <laughs> wilderness. It's very quiet. I bet. <laughs> well, Jessica, what do you have on your radar for the rest of this ski joring season? I know the, the Winter Olympics is might have you, you know, inspired. I know it's got a lot of us inspired um, to go out there and do winter stuff. But what's uh, what's on the plate for you? Well, currently, I'm joining you from uh, a very remote place of Wisconsin. <laughs> it's, there is nothing here. Where I'm at, in anyways, is lacking topography. They do not have mountains here, uh, which makes me miss home a lot. But they hold the uh, national championships out here in Minneapolis, which just took place. And I came out and competed in that. And then I decided to stay and do some other races at the Berkey, which is like the biggest cross-country ski event in the United States. Um, a lot of, you know, 
past retired Olympians or uh, Olympic medalists uh, compete in the Berkey, but they have the Barky Berkey, which is like the dog version, but uh, much uh, a shorter distance. They just, it, the longest distance is a 5K. But what's so cool about it is there's so many people. So you're literally running down uh, the main street of town with all the the Berkey atmosphere, which is, uh, they say the Berkey's like a mullet, business in front, party in the back, <laughs> because it's just this huge, like, you know, thing. Everyone's coming out to race this big, big uh, race, but it's a huge party at the same time. So there's so many people, uh, this eclectic community of uh, fellow ski obsessed folks and watching the the dogs run so it's just so so fun and we're so excited to compete in it i was just looking up some pictures of the barky berkey and it looks like such a good time um that's uh, that looks so cool yeah and uh, the national championships in minneapolis is a lot like that too uh where they hold it just there's hundreds of people participating uh, with, I mean, because they have the, obviously the competitors that are, you know, the high level, uh, competition ski drawers, but all the way to just, you know, people, uh, coming out with their, you know, tiny pet, uh, toy poodle chihuahua wow. or whatever to attempt to do the ski drawer. So that's r- really fun too, to just see you have the whole rainbow essentially mm-hmm. being represented. And that's what I, I hope to emphasize with people is anyone can do this, but if you get hooked up with someone, your dog and yourself will learn way better. You don't have to aspire to be the most competitive ski drawer. Just aspire to go have fun with your dog. I love that. And, and before we break here, I, I won't let you get away uh, by being humble and just saying you competed in the national championships. Uh, you did pretty darn well. You said you regained your title uh, in both one and two dog events uh, and uh, were the second overall between women and men, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you cleaned up shop basically at the nationals uh, in Minneapolis. It was a good run, a couple of good, very good runs. I was very impressed with the dogs. And like I said, uh, all the credit goes to the dogs and, uh, my daughter, Olivine, who, uh, kicked my butt in training, literally. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Best training partner you could ever ask for right there. And I had no idea that was the secret weapon, but there you go. You have the secret, folks. Hey, uh, now your secret's out. But uh, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show and for the ski drawing lesson back in January. Uh, that was uh, a heck of a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm really glad we were able to reconnect uh, here and, and let people in on the magic. Yeah. And since you didn't uh, let me get away with Ooh. being humble, I'm going <laughs> to not let Jim get away with being <laughs> humble. And I... I don't know if Jim was honest with me or you, Jamie, when he was saying that he never ski jored and he's this skeptic because he came out and looked pretty professional to me. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure you've never done this? Oh, man. That's funny. I've, I've spent a lot of time on skis and I had skate skied once uh, before. So I had a little bit of a leg up maybe on some of the people you've been out with before for the first time. But I solemnly swear uh, that was my first time skijoring. 
All right. Well, I guess we have to uh, accept that. Just accept <laughs> that you're like a very natural born speed drawer, apparently. Hey, I love that. Uh, I love that. Hopefully it, it was my first time and not my last uh, skid drawing. So, uh, Jessica, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and uh, all the best with the future races and skid drawing training. It sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. Thank you so, so much for having me. And uh, if anybody is interested, do not be shy to reach out. Uh, I always love, love, love to uh, dish out the fun and get people involved. So come all. Yes, come all. <laughs> and to that note, Jessica, how could people get in touch if if they wanted to do that or follow along with your adventures? Yes. Yeah, so um, you one way t- is uh, like Jamie had mentioned. Uh, you know, looking at the local clubs, Cascade Sled Dog Club there on Mount Hood. Uh, all have Facebook pages. Uh, if you Google them too, they will come up. Um, I mean, social media, always people, um, I'm accessible via social media or, um, the club website. So, uh, yeah, pretty open door, open, uh, policy. I love that, Jessica. Well, thank you again and, uh, good luck with all of your racing and training as the winter progresses. Thank you so much. You got, uh, both of you and I, I wish you the best. So, Jim, I mean, it, it sounds like you are a natural ski drawer, which uh, tickles me <laughs> to no end. <laughs> so when's the next time you're going to get back out there with uh, with some dogs on the skis? You know, that's a good question. I feel like I have most of the like components I would need to actually go try this, right? So Vicky Connor, uh, our colleague here at the Oregonian and Oregon Live, and we went out together to do ski drawing uh, for this peak northwest video uh that's going to come out here in february at some point hopefully about the time uh this podcast launches but anyway she has a dog that is of uh skijoring size and skijoring energy not that there's one kind of dog but vicky's dog stella would be a a, a great skijoring companion at least prospectively we'll see see how stella would do but uh so we have the dog i've got a rock climbing harness you kind of attach via carabiner and bungee type setup uh, so would need a harness for the dog and would need to just rig a bungee type deal. And, uh, I think I've got, you know, uh, as long as we picked up a dog harness, we could go out and give it a shot. I know Vicky's interested, uh, in seeing how Stella would do. So, uh, you know, I, I said it was the first time. I hope it's not the last. I, uh, I would love to get out there and give it another shot, though. I do think I was spoiled with a great teacher and, uh, some really wonderful dogs. Well, from ski joring skeptic to ski joring enthusiast, it's Jim Ryan, and I am uh, super happy for you, man, that you've uh, made this journey. Turn me into a believer, man. Uh, <laughs> it it is big, and you got to be able to say when you are wrong, and I was wrong in my skepticism. So, uh, with that fine note to end things on here, folks, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest, and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com/travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. 
Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.